Hello and welcome to the All About Valley podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Kale Financial and Strathclyde House Buyers. Kale Financial are proud supporters of local communities and specialise in helping you protect what matters most for your family, your lifestyle and even your income. They have it covered. Kale Financial are now offering free wills regardless of whether or not you need any other service. Go check them out on their website www.kale-financial.co.uk or check them out on Facebook, Twitter or even Instagram. Strathclyde House Buyers are a local property solutions company who specialise in helping people sell their property quickly with no fees. If you or anyone you know are looking for a fast, stress-free sale, check them out on their website www.strathclydehousebuyers.com on Facebook or on Instagram. Right, mate. You're, I'm all yours. Brilliant. Well, see, as you're coming in here, you're like getting all, all sorts of people wanting selfies and that. Do you get that all the time now? I'm not going to be out sitting and say I get it all the time, but <laughs> it was actually funny because I told you we were uh, we went out, we had a, a drink, pure name dropping, but with Lewis Capaldi on Sunday with his mates. Um, and we were sitting at the Dirty Duchess in Finiston and uh, we were all sitting and the first person that came over, you know, he's obviously, no way to stand up, but he's expecting... Can I get yeah, a picture? Uh, and yeah. the boys went, Slaney, can I get a picture of you? So, just the fact that somebody doesn't recognise Slaney, but obviously Lewis had people coming up to that as well. But it does happen quite a bit now, mate. Um, but as I say, I don't I mind it like the work is out there today when we was coming uh, in here. But always nice, mate. Like, you turn on Twitter and you, you get abused constantly. But usually in the streets, generally, it's really good. And I love it, mate. I loved it as a football player as well. I really liked when fans came up to you and, and wanted to speak to you and wanted a photo with you. Like, me and my missus lived in five minutes for Swindon's ground. So we would walk to games and we'd walk home. So when we were walking in for games, mate, like fans would basically walk next to you as you're walking up the road and they'd chat away to you about the game and ask for pictures. And, and I love that, mate. I think when you do something like this, you've got that kind of responsibility that these guys, you know, whether it's football, people are paying your, your wages to come and watch you or guys are watching your podcast, you know, kind of make a bit of money out of doing it. It's only right that you, you know, you, you say thanks and you give them the time of day. Definitely, mate. Was there a point where you started realising how big Golden Gove was getting? When Slaney came on, he told us how big it was, it was getting ahead with him being on it. Um, probably when we put the hydro text to it. So we got invited to go to Still Game and we were sitting in the box watching it. <laughs> might, might need to take a seat. I'll need to ask him if we can keep this in. But we were sitting in the box and we'd had a few drinks and again Slaney was like, this is shite. We, we're, we're miles, we'd be miles better than this. We'd be we'd put on a better show than this. And he was like, I put out a t- tweet saying... Um, if we get 13,000 likes on this, we'll, we'll book the Hydro. And so we were sitting at still game and we put the text out. I think it was like 10 minutes to go before the end of the show. We put the text out and by an hour later, there was 13,000 likes and we were like, fuck, man. So then when we booked the Hydro, remember sitting in the house finally, because the Hydro didn't want us, us to do the Hydro. I don't, I don't think I've ever said this before. The Hydro were like, ah, you know what, a, a football podcast? They were like, nah, like, no chances of getting to do the Hydro. Why don't you just go and do the Armadillo? <laughs> I mean, we're like, nah, not doing the armadillo, we're doing the hydro. We've put this tweet out, he says, we've got this, these numbers, this following, we'll, we'll fill it easy. And they were like, nah, we're not too sure. So I think they took, off, took like a bigger fee than they would usually took off people because they, weren't, they were sceptical about us selling it out. And then, remember the morning, we were all in a group chat, we were all sitting, sending pictures of each other as, as it went live um, to, on sale. And then six hours later, it was sold out. And we, did, we thought we'd be sitting there for months trying to get the ticket sold, but six hours that day it sold out and then that's when I kind of thought fuck me man how's it came to this 
that's amazing like how quickly it's just sort of boomed that way like I remember watching you guys like ages ago and your interviews with the one-on-ones are always like worth watching and always I always took a lot from it it was yeah. like it's just funny to watch how it's sort of developed into this sort of like cultural thing where everybody's even the like I can boogie thing and how that's all went really viral and we're all talking about it like with the heroes and stuff like is that sort of hard for you to take in how much it's just spread across the country no it's brilliant mate. I love it it's yeah. not hard to take in at all like, I'm, as I say I'm so thankful because I said just before I started doing this I was delivering kitchens <laughs> I was working the night shift in the Royal Mail which was fucking hard mate it's hard graft man yeah, yeah. walking through Springburn at 11 o'clock I couldn't drive at the time so I was walking through steps to Springburn um, through Springburn at 11 o'clock at night to start my shift at 12 and then running back up the road because I wasn't training because I was doing the night shift so that was the fitness that I was getting to keep fit to play for Peterhead at the weekend running back up for the night shift going to bed all day and then getting up and going to training at night so it was tough mate so like, when we started up and go I think one of your questions was did I ever say getting this big nah no way never thought we'd get this big but now that I has mate it's like totally embrace I love it mate I actually yeah. really love my job which is I don't think a lot of people could could probably say that um, involved in playing football coaching and then obviously talking about it through open goal but it's not easy as well mate like people think we just turn up and talk all the shite but we're, like you say we're constantly coming up with new ideas like what can we do uh, the boogie stuff you know I seen Andy Constantine's video and I thought especially with Slaney being on board him being the kind type of guy that he is he, he would really really go for us and uh, he loved it but, uh, and again it's been hard with Covid to try and come up with new ideas because we've got loads of things that we want to do in terms of progressing the podcast because it maybe has went a bit just the same old recently but it's hard when you can't get into places that you want to get into and you want ideas that you want to do so hopefully once all this gets passed and uh, the new season comes ahead that we can kick on again because we have got a lo- loads of new ideas that we want to do but it's just getting these restrictions lifted that we can go and do it. Well I think that's been a big thing for a podcast like when I started this I was doing all of it through Zoom and you're kind of it's frustrating because you want to meet people and same shite mate I exactly. hate it eh? it's a personal it's the thing that makes it uh, yeah definitely. definitely like actually getting to talk to the person and get to know them a bit whereas Zoom it's very much like ask the question get it answered and then you're out of there yeah because even when we done Zoom like I'll be totally honest we had big names on like Ollie McBurney Charlie Austin and uh, I couldn't wait for it to finish eh? mate that David Turnbull one was hilarious <laughs> He was on a sponsor <laughs> silence, wasn't he, we David Turnbull had? What was that, man? I, was I don't know. That, like, he, he wasn't talking, was he? I don't know if he was... Uh, he was lying in his bed, wasn't he? Aye, I was like, man. <laughs> but, again, lovely guy. He was a great guy, David yeah. Turnbull. But it's, it's daunting, mate, coming on. Like, he's a young guy. I think he was at Motherwell. Obviously, his move face came through and he, you're asked to come on with three fucking idiots, basically, who talk a load of shite. And he's, he knows that he's he's got a full career ahead of him. So I didn't expect David, I'd like to David Aye. Turnbull to come on and be stupid and daft. So... Just the fact that he came on, kind of talked through the move, you know, that says a lot about him as a, as a guy. So I was delighted to see him get his move because we've talked to him on the podcast for years and when you actually meet him and he's such a humble, good guy. So it's great to see him doing so well for Selly. But um, now again, another good guy that's gave up his time to come on the podcast. I'm always grateful for people that do that. So anyone that does that, I, I like to see them going doing well. Well, I, I'm grateful for you doing this, man. It's great to actually have you here. Like, I, I, like I said, I've watched all your stuff and see, see actually doing open goal. Like, people always, you always talk about stories like from your Celtic days and all these times with Canio and Gavison and all that. But like actually doing the open goal, what's been your like, what's been like a standout moment for you doing open goal, like stories-wise? A standout Ali McCoy's was big, mate. Eh? Ali McCoy's was big. I, I, I really enjoyed doing it up until I'd done Ali McCoy's and that day I thought, if you could get the right pair, if you could get an Ali McCoy's every week, this 
could be the best job in the world. I'd never met Ali McCoy before, and um, I was then Gordon Strachan on the same day, who was my old manager, who used to slaughter us on a daily basis. So I was a wee bit apprehensive on that. That oh, fuck, I need to message Gordon Strachan. He's going to come this daft wee guy every question. I'm thinking, why am I sitting answering questions to this guy who was hopeless that I used to shout at for years? But then on the other hand, the wee buzz that oh, Ali McCoy, man, like that's a big name. See him on. Listen, I listen to him. On, I think he's brilliant on Talk Sport. I think oh, he's definitely. the best in terms of media, football-wise, because he's he's great between being factual and also not being in your face with big words. He speaks how we would speak, but also gets a laugh at it as well. So, walked in straight away, Strang, he slaughtered us for something. I can't remember what it was, but maybe my career or something. And then McCoy's pissing himself laughing and straight away, he's like, Sai, how are you, buddy? I watch all your... Loads of shite. I watch all your stuff. No, you don't. Never, you've never watched it. But just the type of guy he was... And we sat and spoke, like, whenever you were, that, we're meant to, he was in, like, a time slot that you had to be away for tours, or an hour and a half, or whatever it was. Um, and we sat and spoke for about 45 minutes, the three of us, before we'd even started the interview, and he was like, don't worry about the time slot, we'll, if, I, if I'm late for the next thing, I'm late for the next thing. Ended up sitting there for, like, five hours, the full day lasted between interviewing Strachan and McCoy, and he was just proper brand new, you know, and the mm. stories, I was genuinely buzzing off his stories, and then... Even after that, Richard Goff, I try to get Richard Goff, and he's like, Alan McCoy has taught us to do your podcast. He thinks it'd be really good for us. And then I met him at the Scottish Cup draw. He's done open goal twice. He's done two interviews. He'd done a Rangers one, he'd done a Scotland one. And then even at the Scottish Cup draw, just the kind of guy he is, he, uh, we were doing the rehearsal, and we were, me and him had to pick the boys out. So he went first, and while he was doing it, I said in the rehearsal, oh, is this how you used to pick your Rangers team? And he was pushing himself laughing. So I said to him, on rehearsal, bold as brass, I went, do you mind if I say that on camera? And he was like, of course I don't know. He's like, go ahead, fucking slaughter us. Uh, like, I'll, I can laugh at yeah. myself. So on camera, I'd done it again, he pushed himself laughing. But So Ali McCoy, mate, he's, if you could, if I could sit and interview Ali McCoy every day, mate, I would do it. Like, I'm so envious of Alan Brazil because I think he just makes your, your job so easy. You know, when yeah. you get guys like that where he basically takes over the interview, mate, that's, that's when you know you've, you've, you've got a great guest on. Uh, well, you're quite like that as well, though, really. Okay, it's because I'm I'm constantly asking other people messages, and, get, and she doesn't like speaking to the hostmate. So when I'm on someone like this, I just fucking talk nonstop. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I feel you. That, I feel you that. No, because the thing with Alan McCoy is he's actually like really well respected on both sides. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, yes, he's, he's. I always say he's the Rangers version of Tommy Burns. Exactly. That's that's a really good way of putting it. Because obviously I'm a Celtic fan, but part, like I I struggle to dislike him, even though I'm yeah. like. He's, he, he, you know, he made my dad cry a few times, so, yeah. so, so, so you have that Why is that? Because he was texting your ma? <laughs> Hopefully not, man. Just, I mean, yeah, it's handsome, don't you? I'm like, I don't even know what to say to that. I don't know. Because <laughs> even with Ali, mate, like, you think he's older, maybe a wee bit heavier, but see, when you see him face to face as well, he's just got that star quality, mate. Uh, he's gorgeous, eh? Like, see, when you get up close to him, he smells amazing. His skin's always that, glowing, mate. He's just... Yes, uh, <laughs> he mate, honestly, see, when you get up close, he's a handsome guy. He's just got the full round package. But see, on Tommy Burns as well, like, this is why I'm the way I am, mate. See, when you say I talk like this, I'm a product of my environment, mate. Like, I'm sociable because he brought me up that way. Mm -hmm. And I think one of your questions is what's now missing for young people, and I, I think that's it. You know, coaching for me back in the day wasn't just about how good a player I can make you, it's how good a person I can make you first and foremost. He, he was there to make you a better person. That's why when Charlie Mulgrew comes on the podcast, mate, he could talk for us. Because we were encouraged to talk to people. Aye. If you meet the cleaner in the hall, don't walk by her, don't say hi, stop, ask her how her day is, ask her what's going on in her life. Same with the chef, and, and, and the words that always stuck with me says, no, whether it's the guy in the front door or it's the CEO, treat them the exact same. Talk to them, look them in the eye and speak to them. 
He says, I'll get you a lot, I'll, I'll get you a lot of places in life. And I've no doubt that the reason that this has been been successful is because of uh, Tommy Burns, 100%. That's amazing. I mean, that's, that's quite the compliment. That he's obviously a big factor in your career. And he's, the thing about that kind of thing is, is when you're saying that, like, we need to be, you know, it's almost having that sort of respectfulness for everybody. Like, you see that now with everything with the social media and stuff, where we're all kind of at each other's throats all the time. But guys mm. like Tommy Burns and that, that was, they were teaching the opposite of that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I'm the best guy in the world, but if you, um, I could be a horrible bastard at times, but if you, I could tell you the kit man's wife's name at Peterhead, I could tell you his daughter's name, I've been for a pint with him, I could tell you the kit man's name, his wife's name, he's not got a wife, but what he does, what he drinks, I could tell you that because these people are important. It's not about us 11 players that go on the pitch and play, it's about everyone at the football club. Directors, Harry, I know his full life story, his best mates with Billy Conley, he comes and cooks, for, he's, he's an example of this. He's a director, he's a millionaire, he turns up our training on a, on a Wednesday night and cooks for us after, we've been beat 5-0 on a Saturday for his club that he puts money into. He turns up on a Wednesday when we've been beat 5-0 and he cooks us dinner and he, st he sits and speaks, speaks to you about your life. I th they're, they're my type of people in life and I, that's what I encourage in, in younger people. Then I sit and look at your phone. I hate that in the dressing room. Don't sit and look, speak to each other. That's that, that's how you get on in life, being sociable and speaking to people. So I, I think that's gone for football massively and it's, coaches for me need to encourage it. Coaches need to bring that out in kids as, as a personality. Because I think if you get a kid's personality on out, out in them, it brings their football in tenfold as well. Do you think the reason why that's not really here as much is because of the fact that like the old school mentality is very much like you need to deal with yourself and I'm you know I'm the boss here and you need to focus on what you're doing and it's like very much it seems like the culture changed to where that style of management doesn't really work anymore when you look at like Guardiola and Klopp and all that they're very much like almost father figures to the squad so it's it's like trying to encourage the idea that you want to you need to sort of support the players more so than they had to back when Alex Ferguson was throwing shit at people. Yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying in terms of that. I think football management now is very tough. You know, I think back in the days of it was very much you pick your team, you pick your tactics. You were one way with every player. You know, you could be that hard disciplinarian, whereas now you need to treat twenty different boys twenty different ways because it's all about getting to them personally. And um, and what makes them tick, you know, how you get the best out of people. Um, but then there's also that 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 place where I think Guardiola and Klopp's got it, where don't cross the line. You know, mm -hmm. my rules go, and if you cross that, then you'll not be there for very for very much longer. And I think that that needs to be a thing. There needs to be a discipline there. You know, it can't just be, oh, I'm your mate all the time. It's not a popularity contest. I always say that a football manager's not a popularity contest or a coach. You're there to help people, develop people in terms of, that's your job, you're there to make people better. So if that means with one guy you need to be that wee bit harder, then that's the way you need to be. But I do get what you're saying, it's now it's like a social worker job, uh, being a coach. Definitely. Because, like you say, kids at that age, younger age, are going through so many things right now, uh, just now. Whereas what we were going through, you would never really speak about it. Whereas people, which is great, people are now wanting to speak about it. So it's your job as a coach to help them through that. It's not just going and turning up for tours, it's, it's helping guys where they've got maybe gambling problems, troubles at home not going on with their misses. That's what you're there for now. So, you know, we're part-time coaches, but it's a full-time job and, it, and it's tough. It's a, a football coach now is a hard job and that's why I, I sympathise for guys like Neil Lennon when I see him getting slaughtered. I don't think people really appreciate what the job entails now. So, for me, it's one of the hardest jobs and that's why they're paid so well. You know, that is the thing you'd say, like Neil Lennon is paid so well, but there's a reason why. Well, the thing is, when you win, it's the players, when you lose, it's you. <laughs> You know what I mean? So there's, there's, you always end up in this sort of dynamic where you, you can't win. You, it's, it seems like there's a lot of scrutiny, but also 
even though even when they're talking about the social media, like they did the social media silence thing, mm. and and you're it's as if that's I I kind of feel like putting more of a spotlight spotlight on it almost gives them more of an incentive to be abusive. So it's you're kind of caught up between how you handle that because I think that the like you're saying, the coaches and stuff are under so much pressure all the time mm. with. Even like a legend, Celtic legend, he comes in, he's, he's got all sorts of backing with the fans. It's like you don't realise, you know, the 10 was such a big thing. And also, this isn't like a regular season. Everything kind of went tits up in a way, do you know what I mean? With the COVID and the fans yeah. being at the stadium. So there's a bunch of different things. And I think that fans can be pretty ruthless. And you, you've obviously, you've probably seen that as well, having open goal. Because with open goal, I'm sure there's like a bunch of different, like, device with making sure you have to say the right thing all the time. And yeah. No, I definitely, I get what you're saying. I would encourage young players not to hate social media. I really would. I think Twitter's a fake world. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think people would say things that they wouldn't say in real life. I think people have got personalities on Twitter that they didn't hear in real life. Mm. I think you could be anything you want to be. I see people writing the most hilarious things ever on Twitter and you meet them and and you know them and, and that's not them. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and I think it'd be yeah. the opposite in terms of abuse as well. I think people would maybe would abuse it, but if you met them in real life, I don't think they would do it. Yeah. So I, 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 I take Twitter with a pinch of salt. Like I, yeah. I, I, I recently, very much recently, I've been I get quite a bit, uh, quite a bit of stick. But again, as I say, it doesn't bother me because I've had stick for guys like Paolo De Canio and Neil Lennon tell me I'm rubbish. So I can handle <laughs> we Ian Face Springburn tell me my podcast shite. It doesn't bother me, mate. Yeah, but I could see with younger kids, mate, and if I was younger. That, that could hurt. So I, I would I, I would say all oh, younger, especially footballers, people that are in the public eye, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't use Twitter unless you need it for a, a platform like your podcast to promote it and stuff like that. But if your focus is on to be a football player or a rugby player or whatever it is, I wouldn't have I would I would advise them not to have Twitter or, or Instagram and and f just focus on 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 being a football player. Because it seems to do more damage than good at this point when you're trying to do that kind of thing. Any any one wrong tweet, I mean, look at. That video of uh, Oliver Burney, I seen that they just came out there the other day. Where mm. It's like he's he's. I don't know any context of that, and I don't know the guy, but it's like somebody's just videoing him, and it looks bad. But you're like you don't you don't, you don't know, know what's any, before it. Exactly, yeah. you have no context to it, and all all of a sudden they're like Sheffield United are looking into this, and, you, and you're going, well, that's not really a fair way of judging the guy. That's the that's the world we live in now, isn't it? Exactly. That's just the way it is. You need to be careful at every single thing you do now. And it's sad that it's sad yeah. because you know people maybe aren't being themselves, but in case they're they're pulled up for certain things. But there is also a great side of social media, mate, and I get some great messages as well. I mean, some of the best moments, of open goals, have been Instagram messages or Twitter messages that I've had for people, telling them how much it's helped them, how how much in a bad place they were. Then they started watching the podcast, and that outweighs all the bad comments, mate. So. As I say, there's you, you do get the bad side, but then there's also the great side where you can interact with good people who appreciate what you do, and you know, can you maybe give them a wee bit of advice back in terms of starting up their podcast. Or so that's the good side of social media. So there is the good, but it's the same with everything in life. Isn't it? There's good and yeah. bad, good and bad bits. You're doing something good when people are not liking it, though. You're always going to have, especially when you get to that level. Like there's always going to be people that that hate you for it because of just it's kind of it comes across quite like it's on them. It's not you. It's not taking it as a personal thing and just realizing that they're obviously got their own thing. And I think social media has a lot of that. Like Stephen, you're talking about like getting messages about open goal. Yeah. I tell you, like there's been times where I've not been doing well and it's made me laugh every week. Good man. So like that's a genuine thing. And, and when I started this, I was like. And it gets. I need to try and see if I can get safe anyone on this one. So, so I, it's like it all came. It all came from just actual laughing at you and Slade and just doing stupid shit. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, we love that. Eh? We, we love to hear. We, I honestly, I encourage everyone. If I, see if you want to do a point, go and do it, man. Aye. 
See, like, football podcast, people, um, a couple of boys started football podcasts and people like to me, oh, you raging at this time. Why would I be raging that somebody wants to go and do something that they love and something that they enjoy doing? Go for it. Do what, yeah. you, do what you enjoy in life, don't it? I'd never look at anyone and think, I can't believe he's doing that because I do it or I hope he does. But I want everyone to, to do what they love, you love doing this, go and do it. Aye, 100% exactly. and enjoy it. If that's what you enjoy in life, go and do it. And if somebody on Twitter tells you you're, you're rubbish, I'd say, who cares, man? Who cares? Because like me say, no matter what you do in life, people are going to say you're crap. There's not going to be a... a no, no matter who you are, you could be Ronaldo. There'll be a, there'll be a section of people that think you're hopeless. Yeah. So that's just... That's the way the world is. You need to see, pa see past that. And if, if it's something you enjoy doing, forget what everyone else says and, and crack on. Well, the more people that are doing it, the more the more audience that is for you. That's the way I see it. I don't see why people are so... Against other people doing podcasts all the time. Okay, I'm making this as, as a big thing. It was like, it's, no, basically I, one, or two, one or two messages, but as I say, it's, I know, but it it's comes like, to it's also, this, it is the same, like a Rangers thing about us as well, because Andy's on, you have a disagreement with Andy about Rangers, Rangers fans jump on you, disagree with Slaney about Celtic, Celtic fans jump on you. So it's just, it's Glasgow, mate, it? But that's yeah. that's why it is, football is the way it, it's so big up here. It's why it's, for me, the best, rivalry in the world because there is that sort of passion for it so if you're going to start up a football podcast you need to expect you're going to get a bit of a bit of stick for either side so as i say i can i'm more than i'm a big enough boy to deal with it exactly because people people just care about it so much it's part, it's part of their life you know it's part of their whole way they've been brought part up of, it's the same as me too that's why maybe why people relate to us because we're the exact same mate i couldn't go and work in a bank i couldn't go and do anything else my life's football yeah? so i can talk about it. i've got parties with people in the dinner they can't speak about football i'm fucked if I go to family parties and there's a guy that doesn't like football, I avoid them. Because yeah. I know that if I get, get talking to him, I've got fuck all to say. I so, yeah. again, I think, that, I think people can see that I, I watch football, I talk about football, I coach football, I play football, and that's that's my life, football. So I can understand when I see fans getting upset about the team's performance or what's happened, I can totally understand that because I've been there. And I, I get like that. When Peter Hesno going well, mate, I'm the angriest guy in the world. Uh, so I, I totally relate, and if if that means that taking our anger out on things that we say, then then so be it. As I say, we're big enough boys to, to boys to deal with. Well, that's it. And talking about football, let's talk about the Euros, man. Like, cause I'm I'm buzzing about that, and like amazing that Scotland's that's got it to the Euros. It's been a long time coming, isn't it? I've too long. I like. How do you think we'll get on? It's a hard one. Too long. I know. Pause, I, yeah. I, See, do, you know what, do you know what I will say is? I think, I've said this on the podcast before, I think now in football, if you're well organised off the ball, you can win football matches. And I think that's one thing that Steve Clark is, is very organised off the ball. So I didn't expect Scotland to go away and get get beat by big scores. I think they could maybe nick 1-0 to win one draws here and there. I think it'll be very much like a Northern Ireland in the last Euros. I think they ended up getting to the last 16, being very good organisation, maybe scoring for set pieces. But for me personally... I would like to see this group of players go and take games to teams because I think we've got the group of players. If I didn't think we had the group of players, I'd 100% agree with going sitting in, being well organised and maybe trying to hit on the counter-attack. But when I see guys in the Premier League, I watched John McGinn last, a couple of days ago against Man United, they're on the front foot. I watched McTominay at Man United. They press high on the front foot. I think we've got the players. I think we maybe under undervalue ourselves. Yeah. I think we can go and dominate games of football. I think we can go and press high up the pitch. Um but obviously we've brought a manager in for the type of football that he plays and that's, uh, listen, I'm not any anyone who's criticised Steve Clark because he's done very well doing that and if that's his beliefs then go ahead and do it. But 
I think with this group of players, we could actually go and dominate games of football, which you couldn't have said for a Scotland team in a long time. But Steve Clark's got us there playing a certain way, and, I, and I've no doubt that you'll continue to do that. And fingers crossed that we can maybe get through the, through the group stages. I mean, it's a tough group, but like you say, I think when he came in, we were all over the shot defensively. Yeah. Like he had to come in and, and kind of tighten things up a bit. And then from there, it's like you're starting to see the quality in the midfield, and that's really what's got us through to this stage anyway. Yeah, definitely. I think the first thing, first and foremost, you do of me personally, if I'm going into a football team to take over, you're getting, I'm getting, you're getting the, the defensive side sorted straight away. That's what you're looking at first. Yeah, build I think the back. Build for the back. You need to be hard to beat in football. You need to be good off the ball. You've seen it with Celtic this season. I know I didn't want to go into it, but in terms of Celtic, for me, what's went wrong this season is off the ball. They've not been anywhere near it. Whereas you look at Rangers, I don't think there's been much difference in terms of going forward and creating chances. But I think if you look at Rangers defensively, I think that's where they've got really better for last year. I think their record for last year this year has been is a massive difference and that's all came down when you watch them their team shape where how quickly they get the ball back when they lose it if they can't get it back they get into shape very quickly and they cut off the gaps they're very compact off the ball and I think that's where Rangers have got the success this year you see that with Scotland I think Steve Clark does that really well as well and as I say Rangers have came up against probably better teams in terms of players in the Europa League this year and got results and so for that I, I can't see any reason why Scotland can't go and do the, the same thing I mean well drilled that's what it is it's like you need to go in with a game plan and you can see the difference between the Rangers of last season and the Rangers of this season and Scotland before Steve Clark or Scotland with Steve Clark but it's like going into the games you're thinking well we, we gave England a good game a couple of years ago and yeah. the team under striking and it wasn't even that like you know I don't think that team was anywhere near as good as this team. No, but I think also with that organisation, that brings a different type of mentality as well. Mm -hmm. When you're that well organised, like the best football I've ever played in my career was under the Canio. And it was because you went out with the mentality that we are so well organised here. If we're in the right positions when they've got the ball that we should be, it's going to be very hard for them to score against us. So that gives you that belief that when I get the ball, I can maybe try that extra, that, that maybe harder pass because I know if we get away, we'll all be in shape quickly anyway. So it's fine. Yeah, if you exactly. get, that's what the canon used to say. Lads, try, express yourself. You give the ball away, bang, we get in shape quick, they can't get through us. And I think you see that with Rangers as well this year. I think guys like Glenn Kamara have expressed themselves that wee bit more this year because the defensive shape's been so good that when he loses it, Ryan Jack's over to cover him. Barisic goes high, loses it, Jack's over to cover him, Bar um, Kamara's over. So I think that level of um, preparation and... Um, organisation. Organisation. It affects everything. Your confidence that you could go and express yourself off the ball and that confidence that if we stick to the game plan here, we can win this game. And, I, and again, that's yours on the training ground. You know, yeah. this, this this doesn't just happen overnight. We, as I said with Decanio, when Decanio took over, mate, I, I remember phoning my mate and saying, mate, this will be a brilliant man. It'll be volleys every day. All we'll day is shooting and volleys and it'll be stepovers. Because you think the type of player he was that... Mm -hmm. Couldn't have been any more wrong, mate. Monotonous every day. Three hours out there working on team shape. When the ball's here, we're here. Team we're playing against on Saturday, this we need to be here. It's boring as fuck, mate, but it works. Yeah. It works, honestly. And it's like anything in life, mate. It's no rocket science. The more you prepare, the better results you'll get. And that, and again, as I say, that's when I need to give Steve Clark massive credit because in terms of his his organisation, as you say, he's got he's got it spot on. Well, I'm I'm hopeful that we we'll get out of the group for sure. And, and the way we actually spoke before on the the, the radio when I was telling you about that I was in Scotland to post a football. So captain. you did, uh, captain. That's right. Uh, you were speaking to Fergie, weren't you, Barry Ferguson? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah, like, because yeah. I came on, I was like, I think I, you're trying I, to say you're a better captain than he was. Is that? Of course, mate. I mean, there's no doubt about that. With all due respect <laughs> to Barry, but like, 
you know, I mean, I'll, I'll do, I'll get 10 euros. You know, he didn't get 10 euros, so. <laughs> but that's my whole thing to me. Um, we, uh, so I, when I spoke to you about that, like, we were all dead buzzing about the fact that the, like, when you actually got there, we were looking at the, the Euros group for us and how we can qualify and stuff. And we only started, like, a couple of years ago. But, like, the, the actual sport itself is still kind of, we're, we're, like, the, for lack of a better, I think we're probably, like, slightly above, like, a Gibraltar. For, right. for, yes, right. for example, like so he's just, a fucking homeless. Just because, like, we know we, we we had a game against Northern Ireland, we drew now now, and they went they went to the they went they're going oh, to the World you Cup. Go, mate, so it wasn't bad, but like I think there's the in terms of I'm competitive to England. England are like ten years ahead of us, right? And, Why is that? Uh, well, because the the sport here basically didn't start till I, I've been in. I've actually I'm the only player that's been in since the first day of the first session, and I remember coming in and being like, man, this is not competitive enough for me I didn't right. like it it was too slow yeah. you see now man they've got all these fancy wheelchairs that go 100 miles an hour and it's like it's hard for me to describe it's just it's it's one of the best have we got a clip there of that actually because it's better showing you that so what have England done in that space of time that you could maybe copy well mate, do you know I think that it comes down to they, they have they originally just had more money do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And it's like we start saving up, man, mate. And but so now start saving the money you're making for this podcast. I will. Yeah, I need to blow up a bit faster. Than I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, you can help me with that. I'm skint, mate. Um, believe me. No, but where do you want me to play? Uh, I don't. That's a good question. Where, where, am, I, where am I scoring to go? No, is, this, uh, is this you scoring? Is I, this you showing me how good you are? I, go, 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 like just, just, just start playing. It will give them an idea. So basically, obviously. With, with you, with right. you in, I really wanted to highlight this sport and how um, I don't think it gets talked about enough. It's one of the best sports in the world, man. I, I love it. That's me there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm probably about to mess something up. But um, what it is, is I'll, I'll kind of do a Are you captain? Yeah, that's, that's... I need to be honest. I've not seen you communicate with anybody so far. I've not heard any... <laughs> I've not heard you talking to anybody. Well, See, okay, see, the captain, yeah, silent one. See when we get to the clip of the, the last goal, actually, there was, a, there was a goal we were losing to one, right? This was a friendly tournament with the, the, a couple of the English teams because right. we're not ready to play the English first team yet because they're just, it's, it, would just be, it would just not be a good idea. Right. Um, but in terms of, like, uh, the actual sport, it's four aside, right? Right. So the way it's laid out is you get, like, a middle player and you get two wide players yeah. and a goalie. Right. But so... I think a lot of people assume that you're going to get a bunch of wheelchairs like banging into each other. Yeah, each other. Yeah. But one of the things that happens with it basically is you have rules to where you need to be like three meters apart from each other. So like if I have the ball, only one defensive player can come towards me. Right, I get it. Yeah. And if two players go towards me, it's a they, they call it a two v one. Right. So basically, a two v one's a foul, and you get a free kick. That way, it stops, it stops it becoming like a pure Robocop thing. Do you know what I mean? That was good, mate. Um, but I still think you could be doing a bit more as a captain, to be honest, but... <sighs> Can't be saying that, man. My coach is going to go into So have we got a goal for you or what? Uh, no, no. no be, I, I'm forgetting exactly what it is, but there's definitely... Like, this might actually be a goal. Aye. Oh, good play. I like that. Look oh, that pass, now we're talking That's a captain, mate. Do you know what I mean? That's what a captain does. That was good. He's, by the way, see that, see that guy actually, that was his first game, uh, James Doe, it was his first game. Uh, well, the one that scored? Uh, again. Oh, I mean, he's a player. Oh! See, I mean, we, 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 we know how to do it. Mate, that's but good, old uh-huh. His His first game, actually, we uh, that was his first cap, and I set him up for a hat-trick, so it was good. I was going to say, he looks like, I'm not, not 
But like, oh, he, he, he looks like the best player. He looks like the best. Oh man, you're gonna get me. You're gonna get me fired up. This is gonna end up with me putting you through this table. Um, no. It's, oh, that was. Oh, that's another assist. That was a good one. I, I no, but I seen his goal. He scored the final. Oh, that's me. Yeah. That's a tap. That's a tap. My goal was like right at the end of the video, mate. But um, that was just some good play that I wanted to show you there. Like, cause but it's good. Though. It's entertaining, eh? Mate, see when it's, see when it's played right, see yeah. the top games, it's fucking brilliant. Man. Yeah, yeah. And see the thing is, see football, like, I think disability sport obviously gets a bit shunned. It's a, it's, we're not really spoke about in the mainstream term. Yeah, yeah. So, like, having something like you on with via platform as you got, I was like, this is like, we're the kind of, you're the kind of guy that can highlight stuff like this. Because, yeah, yeah. Because your, your Sky Sports and your BTs and all that, they're not interested in it. No. And it's... So, certainly, I mean, because oh, I've no doubt that quite a lot of the Open Goal fans are watching this, so... Well, that's the thing is, is that I'm just kind of wanting to. The reason why I even started this was because when I was, I've been, I'm not, I don't want to blabber on about my whole thing, but like no, no. I've been in a wheelchair my whole life, right? So it's a CP. I've got cerebral palsy. I was trying to say that right because it's like anything that I get mumbly, you start, you start hearing the cerebral palsy come through. But no, the Matt Dallas was Matt Dallas, the SCW guy was like, no, you've got cerebral palsy, mate, not cerebral palsy. <laughs> so he said you got what? He said he was like, you've got cerebral palsy, mate, not cerebral palsy, and I was like, that's <laughs> um, But no, mate, see, when I started doing this, it was mainly because when I was growing up, you didn't really see anybody in the wish I'd do anything like, that, like yeah. this, or there was no, I felt quite hopeless in the sense of just, there was nothing that you could really aspire to be like. Like relate to. I like. There yeah, was, yeah. In terms of football, this this that sport didn't exist. And yeah. I, I used to play football in goals on my knees actually. Did five, you? Five sides. I used to do that. Wow. Pure mental. My knees are fucked. <laughs> 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 my knees are my knees are just about as bad as my legs at this point. But the, 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 what happened essentially was I wanted to be like well as I was getting as I was sort of figuring myself out and figuring myself out and getting better with, with my mental health and stuff like that and how I looked at myself um, I kind of realised that the wheelchair wasn't necessarily the problem it was more so how I was perceiving it yeah and what so, you were thinking about yeah, it exactly. yeah 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 and so a lot of the guys coming through with Powers of Football they were all you know I could see a lot of the same problems that I've ha I had yeah and I wanted to show like that you can do these things you can do a podcast and you can and well, you're going to be the you're the guy then isn't it it's going to inspire everyone mate. well hopefully you've shown people it doesn't matter well, what, but see, the thing is, what you can do just as much as everyone else. That's why I like having people like you on is so good because I think the way you break down that barrier is to show that I'm in a wheelchair and you're not, but we can have a conversation. Of course, we can. But yeah. I, I think people have this idea that it's like, oh, he's we better than watch. You know, I mean, it's oh, like, really? Do you, do you really think that? I, I, I get that all the time, mate. Where people are like, you need to be careful in case you don't want to, you don't want to offend them or anything like that. And I'm like, you can say it to me, man. Like, uh, to, have you, can you tell your joke on here? I make, I make, I make all sorts of music. What you used to tell. Girls, you were what? What? The, oh, Stephen Hawking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I used to go, used to go into clubs, man, and it was like, and I, I had no confidence whatsoever, man. I was just trying to come up with something funny to get attention, and I was like, I am Stephen Hawking's brother. Like that's why I'm in a wheelchair. We're just we've got this generic thing. I was a bit less fucked up than he was, but we're both in wheelchairs. Did I get you? Did I get you a kiss? One time, but then one time, one time that was like, that's the last time that was like, what, are you fucking me? <laughs> 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 so it was like, I so it's just kind of, but that was, that was a, a bad way of using it. And at the time I was kind of looking at myself really negatively, you know, and mm. I think that, that like now we're actually, I'm actually creating something to where 
we can start putting powers of football in these different sports. Because see these people that I meet through a sport, man, they're all, they all have such incredible stories. And yeah. People talk about like, the passion of like the of like, the Premier League has kind of went away and stuff like that. Like the it's very all about the money and stuff like that, and you don't see the kind of the same passion you've seen years ago. But see, seeing powers of football, man, the passion is there. So we, why don't you bring some of the guys on and tell their story? Well, we, we've done that. We've had we've had we've had a couple of guys on. Like we had the England powers of football captain on. Right, I'm he was great it. and. Uh, Hopefully one one day I'll be giving them it. But uh-huh. no, he like we've had different people on, and and what I'm basically trying to do is create a, create as much of a mainstream platform as possible, so that their their stories can get heard. Yeah. So it's it's important for me to have guys like you on first, so that they can actually like have an audience to to hear their story. So what was and it that changed in you? You saying about you used to think bad of yourself. What you remember what it was that changed changed you? I mean, there was a, there was loads of things, but I think I just had. You just get to a point where you start you you look at all your I had sort of a for lack of a better word, like a, a breakdown where everything just sort of came to the surface. Right. And I seen the way that I was looking at myself and I was like, I'm either gonna like this is putting it bluntly, but Go I'm, either, other, I, yeah. I'm either gonna die or yeah. I'm gonna change something here. Like that, that was where I was at. And uh, it was kind of just a decision where I made where I was like Instead of wanting somebody to look up to, it, I can just be that guy. Yeah. So, so, so this is what we're doing, and this is why I'm doing the whole thing. And I think that that like a sport like powerlifting football, with it being football, is so can will be able to relate to people so much. It's just a case of getting getting, getting out there, getting it showcased, yeah, letting yeah. people see it. Because see, as soon as see when we seen like the the scenes of the Scotland qualify for the Euros and all that, you start to I was thinking about it and thinking that if we qualify for the Euros. I don't know if anyone would even know about it. Do you know, mm, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It would be huge to us. Yeah. We'd love to do it, but, but nobody would, we wouldn't get any sort of... I mean, the England team won the won the Euros, and... Do, no, like, there was no hand no, like, uh-huh. How is that not mentioned? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How is that not brought up? And it's like, we're so, you know, in, in this sort of push for equality, we're kind of left to the side of you, but... Yeah, I think football is the... It's hard in football because, ev- as like I said, everyone's so obsessed with our game up here. Yeah, it's hard for them to see even anything outside of the SPL and the Scottish national team. But as I say, mate, hopefully doing stuff like this and people will start to. Because when you actually watch it, it's ah exactly. Uh-huh. I mean, mate, that's the thing as well as like I think that's why we need we need like Celtic Rangers to get involved in this. Yeah, Cause like through the foundations. Of, yeah, yeah. Because I actually, I did a, I did a, uh, I'm talking far too much this week. No, 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 I don't, you go, mate. But I did a, one, I did a challenge at the foundation where I was doing 1,000 kilometres in the month of April. Right. So it was a marathon a day for 30 days. I think you could have done a wee bit more, to be honest. Like <laughs> <laughs> a thousand, mate, right? I'd have went 10,000, but right, on you go. Honestly, mate, there's no chance I could have done any more whatsoever. <laughs> I don't even know how, like, my body, like, my... So did you do my it? Body was, I, we did it. Brilliant, My mate. body was falling apart, man. It was horrible. Uh-huh. Uh, we got like three days in and I was like to Paul Pierre greeting being like, I don't know if I can do this, mate. <laughs> but we raised two grand for men- for, for like mental health charities through the foundation. And I've been talking to them a lot and being like, we need to get a Pelsha football team on the yeah, yeah. Because it's the Celtic Rangers dynamic that will engage those fans. Because see right now there's like, I play for Clyde, right? And you get, you get we get Clyde and Tessie, the Dundee team. And Clyde and Tessie is basically like our version of the old farm. Right, okay. And it's... And and there's, there's a lot of heat in that game, man. Right? Yeah. And like, see if that was Celtic Rangers, people would be watching it because we, the, the passion's there. Like, we all really care about it. Right. And um, you can tell that there's like a hunger to actually. And now I'm just sort of just trying to push it because like people have, you see it with like women's football, how much that's progressed and how much coverage is getting now. Yeah. And I'm just sort of trying to be like, well, look, can we get in this sort of discussion here? Yeah, but I think 
as well, people, pa- like like you say, you need pioneers to do it. So with the women's game, for me, the reason I got interested in the women's game is because I listened to Shelley Kern and I thought, she's good, man. Yeah. I like, I like what, the way she thinks about the game. And then you listen to Leanne Crichton talk about football, who I, t- I talk to on a regular basis. Like me, me actually, if I play on a Saturday, she'll message me on a Sunday or a Monday asking how my game went. I spoke to her today about her game against Rangers. So it's people that inspire, inspire people as well. And like I say, I think what you're doing would be great, mate. And I think if we can, can get more people on with reaches and, and audiences that we've got, then we can get it out there, definitely. Well, if you ever want uh, to talk about Pilsen football, I'm go get us out. Right, okay. You and Slaney can... <laughs> we'll get a wee game. You and Slaney, what oh, do you want? Oh, mate, that would be unreal. Uh-huh. Because you see the thing is as well... We'll cut, we'll cut the brakes on his stuff. <laughs> but, I mean, with all due respect to Slaney, I was running rings around him, man. Would you? Day. Right, oh, there's a challenge and you'll For see sure. this. Right, okay. For sure, mate. Right, For sure. you've got I, a challenge. I, challenge I could totally do it with my eyes closed to be fair. I'd still be better than But I'm, to be fair, I've been playing it for like 10 years, so if, if he if he was to be able to beat me, it would be the sport of bad. <laughs> bad name if you get the Scotland cap. I know, you would need to fold in actually. <laughs> that would be the end of it, man. So like, you want to take that chance. If, if, if Slaney skins me, I'm like, that's it, done. That's mate. it, done. Cancel the podcast. It's finished. Oh, you'd probably uh, you'd probably have more chance beating him at real football than you would at, at real. Well, I would say. Here's what, here's what we could do. Right? Here's an idea, right? So, I've got we can get the, we can get we can get another chair, right? And Slaney can go in the chair, and then we'll see how that gets on. And I'll I'll skin him a few times, but then after that, I can come out the chair and go and goals. You can take shots. Shots in it, right? We'll like, do that, mate. I've, I've not done that in a while, but. Uh, I mean, it would be funny to see his face when I save all the shots as well. No, see, to be fair, Slaney's got a very, very hard shot. Oh, has he? He's a good finisher, well, huh? He's, he's, got a, he's got great techniques. See, when he hits a ball, he can hit a ball much better than I can hit a ball. That's aye, probably aye. the one, that, really? the best part of his game, mate, huh? Do you think... Because his dad used to tell him when he was younger, didn't he? He wasn't interested in how he played, he just cared about goals. Mm-hmm. So, Slaney's a good finisher, mate. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't uh, hedge your bets on saving his shots, if I'm being honest Well, with. that's the thing is, 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 is I think... You could get in his head, though. You could probably exactly. get in his head. I think uh-huh. mainly the idea uh-huh. of it now is to get in his head. It's always getting in his head. Like, see, when, see when, I, when, I, when I used to play fives all the time? Yes. What I loved about it is I would turn up in map, so I've got like... I've got like four brothers and they're all uh, older than me, right? Well, three of them are, and uh, I would go and play fives with them. And it was always like these big guys, and they were like, Why have you brought a wee guy in a wheelchair? How's he going to play? And I would come off the chair, so like the first five minutes, they would tap shots and I would stop it, and they were like, Oh, you can move a wee bit. And they would start hitting harder as you go on and on. And then by the, by the near the end of the game, they realised they've not scored yet and they're starting to smash the ball at me. Oh, uh-huh. And I'm saving that and they're like, what yeah. the fuck's going on here, man? This guy's like a curved Spider-Man. Brilliant. <laughs> so but like, again, showing that it doesn't matter. Uh, exactly, that's what the whole point is. is yeah, it? Like, yeah. You can, you can, you can really do You can do it, mate. That's why it's called See, all that. See, if you really want to do something, doesn't matter what, what you, you can do. Exactly. I, I, mean. I firmly believe that. Like, even us, I, I don't mean, I wrote a column for the Evening Times. I fucking left school in fourth year with no grades. I fucking been on the radio speaking. Mate, I can't, I'm not. I'm not clever. I didn't use. I, I, I couldn't tell you a big word. This time on the radio, I'm like, what the fuck does he mean when he said? Like, I'm on guy with guys that are saying words. I'm like, please don't ask me what, my opinion because I've not got a clue what to say. But you wing it, mate. Aye. But like I say, if you want to do something and you believe in yourself and you just be yourself, you can do it, man. It doesn't matter who you are or what you are. If you firmly love something. And you think you can do it, you can do it. A hundred percent. And see when you were talking about what changed it for me, I think that's exactly it. Like the whole idea of I wasn't even myself. I was trying to be what I thought was what? supposed to be the way you're supposed to be. And like, you end up just with this unhappiness of how you are. And like, as soon as I let go of what other people thought about me and just start being the way I was. and Because yeah. I think people would just be a bit 
surprised about things I could do and they were, they would be like and I was always had a pure chip on my shoulder been like yeah. I need to show these guys what I can do and so I think when I let that go it became a lot easier to be happier 100% it's funny I was talking about I see with the radio I, I didn't have an talk to anyone but my mother-in-law's massive on like what is it when you speak properly punk what is it being like posh no no posh but she likes people that have got good vocabularies uh, uh, pronunciation pronunciation I has over my kids if they say something wrong she's on them straight away no 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 that's not the right word use this word you should hear my kids speak mate it's like they're from Buckingham Palace honestly and there's no if somebody was to meet me and then my kids they'd be like there's fucking no way they're his kids man the way I speak and the way they speak so she's like I had to meet she her and my father-in-law used to listen to us on the radio and she was like you sound like an id she was like you kind of talk like that and I was like, I couldn't care less, man. I'm going on there and talk to myself. So I was like, I'll tell you what, every every night, every day before I go on the radio, you give me a word that means something clever yeah. and I'll try and I'll use it on the radio that night. <laughs> so see, for the first three weeks of the radio, mate, if you listen to it back, I'm using words that I've got fucking no idea. That she's told me, try and use this word tonight. And I would just fling it in anywhere. And Barry Ferguson's like that to me. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we use that as quite a laugh, you know, that... I was so thick and I'm, I'm sitting on the radio and she was giving me big words to use, so... But like you say, mate, just be yourself. And see if people don't like you for what you are, then stop. If it doesn't work, if the podcast stops with me being myself, then that's fine. Go and do something else that maybe suit your personality. Exactly, mate, that's what it's all about. Like, see, actually being able to embrace who you are and like, just live that way. Because the thing is, as well, is like, you're going to... If, if you're not yourself people are going to dislike something about you anyway yeah. so you may as well be yourself like that if you're going to do something exactly because even with the, I don't know that column it was uh, the Evening Times and the Herald and I think guys that had on were like Michael Stewart and you know Michael Stewart fuck me mm-hmm. and I, for the first couple of times I was thinking people that read this paper are going to think I'm a fucking moron because like I was I love writing, mate. Like, mm. I write poems. No poems, but limericks. Just like a load of shite. I've got... Really? Uh, that's what I did in my kind of... I, I hope they'll bring a book out one day. I know, I know. It's my, <laughs> my, my, my... A big fan of uh, John Cooper Clark. Do you know him? Uh, it sounds familiar, but I'm probably... If you listen to Desert Island Discs, his Desert Island Discs is the best ever. So he was like, he's like a poet for Salford for right. working class council estate and ended up getting one of his poems on the Sopranos and he, he wrote a song for the Arctic Monkeys. So... I'm obsessed with him. He's on Instagram if you want to follow him. So I'm going to check that out. No, man, okay. Again, it's just someone clicks in you then I watch them and I think, I fucking love what he does, man. I'm going to give us a bash. And I love it, yeah. So I've started doing that. So hopefully that's something that could come at. Where was I going with that? What was, my, what was the start of that story? <laughs> we talked about you. I have a Michael um, Stewart. So like you say, mate, for the first couple of weeks, all I was thinking is, I'm a moron. People are going to hate this. And then the guy for the Herald came back and he's like, mate, it's the most read article that we've had in the sports thingy for... I can't remember how the actual time limit he put this it, but and I was like, ah, f-. and then that's when I thought, fuck whatever people think, mate, just be yourself. And again, people like it, like it, and if they don't, fuck them, man, go and do something else. Or so I uh, totally agree with you. Um, don't be who people th- think. Don't be who you think you think people want you to be. Just do what you do, man. Yeah. If it doesn't, as I say, if it doesn't work, go and try and do something else. Well, because that's when your best stuff comes out anyway. Like you're talking about, like being in the video with Barry Ferguson and all these Alan McCoy's talking to them all and all that. Has that ever been weird to you like, in the sense of like these guys, you know, with all due respect, mate, these guys got to the top level of the, yeah. of the game, and like, is 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 there ever an element of being like, I can't even believe I'm talking to these guys? You know what I mean? Do you ever have yeah. that sort of? Because even before this, mate, I was just talking to talking to the guys here, and I was like. 
how can I was a wee bit nervous and being like, oh, it's high face coming in, I want to be on the ball here, and like, you, you kind of get that. And you fucked up. I, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I fucked it. But, <laughs> you mean brilliant. So, but, but, but it's like that feeling that buzz you get, or before it, where you're like, you're, you're nervous. Good nervous, nervous yeah. I, Exactly, like, it's the feeling of like, that excitement and nerves at the same time, like, do you still get that now? Or is it kind of, do you just get used to it almost? Do you know what? The radio was a big one. Mm. Because as you say, i never forget my first night in the radio. It's like, they were introducing me and Fergie. And they were, and it was Paul Cooney and he was like, um, uh, and tonight on the new Go Radio Football Show, we've got uh, ex-Scotland Rangers Blackburn captain Barry Ferguson. <laughs> Peter Hedges, I'm Simon Ferry. And I was like, to Paul Cooney. Come on, you <laughs> fuck, man. Is that all you could come up with? At least just fling ex-Celtic and ex-Celtic <laughs> reserve and man, summon. Uh, we've got Peter Head player Cy Ferry. So for the first couple of weeks, again, mate, like you say, you are like, God, you're, you're, no, you're disagreeing with Barry Ferguson. You're sitting thinking, who am I to disagree with Barry Ferguson? But again, that's what that's that's who I am, mate. Like, it wouldn't matter if I was arguing with you about football or Andy Halliday or, or Barry Ferguson or Alex Ferguson. If I had my opinion, mate, I'll get it. And that's just the person I am. And yeah. as I say, so why try and be someone that, that you aren't in, uh, instead of just sitting there agreeing with, not agreeing with everything Barry says, but you think, Nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my opinion, man. If if people like it, like it, and the dinner, that's why you've got it in the first place. The best thing, God, the best advice I ever got in football wasn't up until I was about 21 year old. I went on loan to Swindon, and the first two games I was brilliant, really good. I played Millwall, uh, Southend at home, and uh, da, 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 somebody else at home. Two home games back to back, N- nice big pitch at Swindon. Fans there, nice atmosphere of playing. We played good football, so it kind of suited me. Done really well. Came to the third game, we went away to Walsall, tight pitch, horrible, ball went back to front and Danny Wilson took me off at half-time, he says, you're having a stinker, he says, you're going to need to change if you want to last in this league. And Gordon Greer came up to me after the game and he went, don't change, why change? He says, what you, what's got you here is being you. He says, if you change, you just turn it to everyone else. He says, you'll, 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 you won't be yourself and by the end of the day, you'll, you'll end up just kicking the ball to the pitch. He says, see, if you fail coming down here, playing the way you play, then hold your hands up and say, right, I'm not good enough to come and play, then this league doesn't suit me, I need to go and try someone else. And I've kept that advice all my life, mate. Didn't I change one? Just because one guy tells you that, no, nah, you need to change that, it's not good, fuck him. Stick to what you believe in, and if you know you're being true to yourself and, and, and doing what you do, then at the end of the day, you can look at yourself when you, when, when, you, when, when you do feel, because I've no doubt one day open goal will come to an end, but as I say, I've given it my best shot and I've been myself, so I can look back and be proud of what I've, what I've done with it. Yeah, yeah, no, like... The whole way that it's built up and the whole audience you've got is from you being yourself. Because if I went on and wasn't myself, mate, and it never done well, I couldn't even, I couldn't wouldn't be able to sleep at night for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, if I went on there and tried to be clever and try to use big words and, and it never, it ended up not doing well, then I would be so angry and, and I'd hate myself. But as I say, if it doesn't, if it, if it falls to being myself, then, then so be it. Uh, you just need to kind of, like, I had that exact same thing. The first, like, couple of podcasts, I was very much trying to be, like, you know, sitting off straight and asking the right things and being very on the ball with it and just trying to be as professional as you can That's be. That's a load of shit, eh? Aye, See, mistakes, mate. Exactly. People love mistakes because they know you're human. Exactly. See, when I done the radio, this is the thing that got me with the radio. See, if you make a mistake, everyone would be like, ah. And I was like, who cares? We make mistakes on the podcast all the time. We said Kevin Nisbet should be young player of the year. He's 25. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> who cares, mate? Oh, so is there anyone that's sitting thinking, no, I'm not watching that anymore. He's, uh, yeah, I can't believe he thinks Kevin Nisbet's a young... Who cares, so, man? Because it's, it's just the way people are. Like you, everyone will make, people will make mistakes every day in their work. Yeah. It's the fact that, it's that wee thing that you get away with. That's the wee buzz you get out of life when you make a mistake and people will pull you up for it. So, just be normal. 
I, I hate people that are scared to make mistakes. My biggest point to my Peterhead players before they go out on a Saturday is, don't care how many mistakes you make, it's how you react to the mistakes. If, see, if you're not making mistakes, you're not expressing yourself. See, if you're playing safe, I don't want you to play in my team. I want you to be brave, go and get in the ball if you're having a bad game and keep giving the ball away. Otherwise, what we're trying to do will never work. So make mistakes. I, I'm, Bruno Fernandes gave the ball away 37 times in a Man United game once. 37, think about that, in a one game. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot, man. But you know what he done? Set up the winning goal with two minutes to go. So nobody, nobody remembers the 37 mistakes. Whereas what I think we do in Scotland too much is focus on people's mistakes. I say to our boys, you saw focus too much on mistakes. Mistakes happen all the time at, to, at the top level. But see, mistakes, it's how you react to them. Go and get the ball again. Keep making mistakes. And I think that's where we need to get better in Scotland. We're so Even in League 2, I hear somebody making a, making a pass and it gets given away and they're getting slaughtered. Why? For exactly. what reason? And I think that's part of the reason why Scotland have took so long to qualify for the tournament. Yeah, but, I, I, I would go along. Uh, I could see what you're saying. Because it's like, the players, every move, every wrong pass you make, you're 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 so you're, you're done. You're like, yeah. don't put that guy in the squad again. So it's like everybody's always on like edge of even the, even in the power share team, you're you can tell that everybody gets in, everybody that gets in the squad is all like, I, I want I need to keep my place. I need to keep my place. I don't want to make a mistake. Yeah, that's the worst mentality you want in. I don't want to make a mistake. Exactly, and that's what that I, I'm trying to sort of express the same thing, and I feel like. That's what you're. That's what hopefully with this, these players that we've got now, like your Ryan Christie's and and John McGinn's, that can just go for it and will yeah. take shots and will just do the things because that's how you get to the level anyway. You can only get to that level by making mistakes. But I think that comes. I think the reason that we've got that with John McGinn and Scott McTominay is because they're playing at clubs now with big players who that their that mentality is rubbed off onto them. They've yeah, seen yeah, yeah. it. But I, I, by the way, I'm not getting at fans there for shouting at mistakes because I'm a fan and if I'm, I, when I'm sitting as a fan, I slaughter every mistake. That's <laughs> yeah, understandable. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about coaches and, and even to our fellow players, you know, gain the ball weight. I never shout at anybody for gain the ball weight. I shout at them for their reaction to gain the ball weight. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, like, go they, after it. If you gain the ball weight and it's... Or, I can't accept that. Uh, Fucking get on with it. It's done. What's next? That, that's where I go or if the, as I say they're playing within themselves or they're not going to be brave and get on the ball that, they're really the only two things that or if we've worked on a shape and they're not in a certain position at a time because they're not taking on instruction that's when I would criticise but in terms of getting on the ball and try to express yourself I don't see how you can criticise people for that no, as I say 37 times I think Trent Arnexano done 40, 40 odd times for, for Liverpool in one game but that's why they guys are top players because they've got that mentality where mistakes happen you know, and if you're worried about making mistakes, you're not going to be able to perform to the best you can perform. You know what I mean? You have to actually just focus on what it is you're doing. Like even even with the there was in, in one of our first international games, I got hooked like in the first five minutes. Right? Because I was just I was just pulled up for it, and I, yeah. was, I was too up for it. And the and the gaffer was like taking you off, man. And, and I remember like my family and my bud were in the stands and I was like, fuck's sake, this is not ideal. But I bet you that stood you in good stead. It did. So see failure yeah. as well, there's nothing yeah. wrong with failing, man. That, exactly. that that certain thing at that time just wasn't meant to be for you. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and I went on and I went on in one play of the year that There season, you go. Because I was like, fuck that. Because <laughs> you, you do, it makes you aware of things that you're doing wrong. And, and see, even in that moment, Parvi part wants to just lose your shit and be like, that was... So, but, but I kept my head down and, and he started me the next game and he came up to me after it and he was like he, he uses he uses that example like that, that coach he's no longer a coach now but when he was coaching he's like uses the example of how I handled that it was like I came back on and I was you know back to normal kind of thing and a, a lot of players now are just very much like if you do that your head goes down 
It's about blame the coach. Ah, exactly. But see, the coach, the coach. So when I'm coaching and I, if I take, if I am taking somebody off or I shout at them, it's not for my benefit. I'm doing that because I think that's what's going to stand you in better stead in the long term. Yeah. So if I release a kid for Celtic, it's not because oh, I hate that kid. I want to release him. I want to feel good about myself or I, I need to be I'm on a power trip that I need to release this kid. I'm releasing that kid because I think in the long term that'll do him the bit that do him Definitely. the world of good. That the fact that he's maybe not ready in here and they'll use this rejection and what I've said to him and like you say, he'll work on them and it'll go and make him a better player. It'll probably make him a stronger character. It's probably why guys like Andy Robertson have went and done so well after getting released for teams like Celtic. They've used it. Exactly. And again, try and use every bad experience as a good one, as a learning one that you can go and think, right, what did I do wrong there? Right, I need to do something better. I need to change that. And more often than not, it will, it will turn. Yeah, you know, it's a self-belief thing. And for me, it's like every, every bad experience you've had and like dealing with how you feel about things and all that, even in life, it's like just come, it comes back to if you can realise every bad experience you've had has made you who you are today and use that to the, use that to the example of being able to use it to your benefit and going, I'm going to use all these experiences and use the kind of mentality that it's gave me to just push on and be like, I can do anything. Yeah, it's like when I left Dundee, mate, like, obviously full-time at football since you were 15 and then you, you got to Dundee, what age was I when I went to Dundee? 27. 27, eh? So I went to Dundee at 27 and um, I had a year left on my contract at Dundee and uh, they came to me a year ago and said, we want to pay you up, we want you to go. And you think, fuck, I'm at Dundee now. If I leave Dundee here, I've, I've only played one year in Scotland, I've been shite since I've been up here. I'm not getting another full-time team. Mm-hmm. You start to think, my life's fucked. Yeah. Like. So I remember phoning my mates, my mum and dad, again, my father-in-law, and they were all like, no, don't take the pay up, stay for another year. And I was like, ah, why? It's not working. Mm. I'm being myself here and it's not working. Right, it's scary, fuck it. Leave, left Dundee with a pay up. And as I say, went and signed for Peterhead with my mate Jim. And I got a job. But then open goal comes, mate. So, like I say, use yeah. every setback. And, and see, do, do you know what I done at Dundee? When I was at Dundee, I was so underprepared for every single training session. I was so underprepared for every single game. I wasn't living my life properly. My kid was a bad sleeper. I was getting about three hours sleep a night. Wasn't eating properly. And again, it's not rocket science. It showed on the pitch. I was shite. So what I did there was think, right, anything that I now go into, I need to prepare what I'm doing. I need to make sure that I'm on the ball, man. So when the podcast came along, for every interview, I made sure I knew every single bit about the person I was interviewing. I prepared for it. The podcast, I made sure every points were covered. I knew everything that I had to say. And, and again, no rocket science. When you do that, because of my experience at Dundee, is why I went and, and tried so hard at, at, at doing things like open go and why I've been at Peterhead now for six years since because... Every day I run 10k to make sure that I'm as fit as I can be when it comes to the weekend for Peterhead. Not every day I run 10k, maybe three times a three times a week to make sure because at Dundee I look at pictures now and I'm a fat bastard, and that's that's not acceptable, man. Yeah. It yeah. isn't. It? See when I look back now, but at the time, as the same as I say about everyone else, I blame the coach. Paul Hartley's fault. Paul, it's not Paul Hartley's fault. It's my fault. Very rarely is it a coach's fault. It's your fault. You've not done enough, and that's why you're not there. Because see, if you're the best player, you play every week, and it's simple as that. Give a coach a, a, a coaches didn't like my personality. No, they didn't. It's nothing to do with your personality. It's you as a player and as a person. You're not at it, and that's why you're not playing. So I've used that for that, especially that experience at Dundee. Because as I say, mate, there was times when I left Dundee thinking two kids, wife, big mortgage. That I, I'm, what am I going to do, man? I'm fucked. Aye. But through hard work and a bit of determination, and again, as you say, 
prepare him properly and manage to turn it around. So he isn't that bad experience to to create a good one. No, it's, you're totally right. And I think every kind of bad experience has a potential to do that if you have the right mindset of being able to go... Look at yourself. Exactly. Because that's what it's all about, really. See if you can look at yourself and be honest with what's going on. Like, Because a lot of people, the reason why they go to the excuse of the coach or the, whatever's going on is because it's so much harder to look at yourself and be Definitely. honest with it. You know what I mean? See, after every game, I sit on the back of your bus and I say this to the boys, and t- it doesn't really happen now, but when I first started doing the coaching job, we'd get beat or on a Saturday and I'd sit on the front of the bus... And all I could hear in the back of the bus was excuse after excuse after excuse. I says to boys, it can't be everyone else's fault. It can't. You need end it after every game. The first thing I do is think, how did I do today? And you're totally honest with yourself. Shite. Hold your hands up. I was shite. See if you think you were good. Fair enough. That's fine. But see, see that. See excuses. I can't go them. Mate. I no. can't go excuses. The manager done this. The coach done this. The trainers know this. You're the person that's out there. You can affect it. It's, it's used as players and again I think players coaches and managers now take so much stick where I'll, I'll give you an example right Brendan Rodgers Celtic team I went and watched him train Monday right and the training was brilliant mate. it blew my mind but the, the best part that I seen in the full thing was a simple four station passing drill so there was two men here, a man here, a man here, a man here. He basically passed the ball. I mean, he opened his body up, played to him, and it went in the square. There'd be wee different variations for here and there. Very basic, anyone could do it. See the intensity. No, I it, but I... <laughs> See the intensity of that drill, mate. I've never seen anything like it. It was like the World Cup final. Really? It was, it was I have like... no doubt Brendan Rodgers' stuff is brilliant, but that's why that Celtic team won so much. They were that's standards, mate. Every single one of them. Standards every time. There was like a fire in them that would make sure everyone was on point. And I, it was about the same time I, I, well, I was coaching the kids. That night I went and coached the kids. And I actually made a point of putting on the same drill for the kids. Yeah. And the standard was terrible. It was a, it was a, it was a fuck of it. Mm-hmm. Pass the bar. We'll have a wee laugh drawn to the next station. I stopped it and I went, lads, I've just watched guys who are millionaires who have won everything in football do that exact same drill 10 times the intensity that you who want to get to where they are are doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it comes down to. It's having that personal standard that every time I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it to the best I can, whether it is a passing drill. Because see the game at the end, oh, they're off, the intensity is through the roof. But it's mm-hmm. the wee bits that make that. Yeah. And that's why yeah. that Celtic team for me under Brendan Rodgers was so successful. Because whether it was a passing drill, whether it was a rondo box at the start, everything was done with a standard and intensity, mate. And that's why they're successful. Again, it's no rocket science. It's what you put in is what you get out at the end. And it's the same, that logic is probably the same reason why Gerard's been so successful. Because, I mean, looking at the whole thing, it's like, Rogers. you could tell that when Rogers came in, it was like this whole professionalism came into the club and everything changed from the ball up and and it comes back to the mentality of the players was always just win, win, win yeah. all the time. And I think that's what you see. It's such a, as much as football is changing, that mentality is still the most important thing. Oh, mentality, and any new day's mentality is the most important thing. Again, it's about, we're talking about, as a coach setting that standard eh? I think one of the questions you asked me was do you feel I need to be funny never me yeah. so if I'm on I, I'm my personality changes the environment I'm in so when I'm sitting on the podcast I'm sitting with my mates we're getting a laugh mm-hmm. it's about football you're talking not trying to be funny but trying to entertain people trying to wind Slaney up that's that's how that is in that setting mate see when I'm at Peterhead coaching I don't think I've ever had a laugh so see yeah. the, the, the bus an hour and a half on the way up there I get a laugh and a joke. 
and on the, the bus for an hour and a half on the way back for training and laughing a joke. But when I'm there for that two hours, mate, it's not laughing a joke. Because my job is employed by Peter Head is to make the players better and to win games on a, on a, on a, on a Saturday. So for the two hours that I've got the boys during the week, I'm there, I'm there to make sure they're well drilled for a Saturday and I'm there to make them get better. And again, that comes down, but I need that for them. And that's the big thing I put across to them. For us to get better as a whole team, I've got my standards that I'll always be for that two hours. But you need to bring that as well. Because if there's a couple of us that done it, it doesn't work. Everyone needs to bring that same standard if you're going to be successful. And to be fair, the boys have took it on board and they've been really good since. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some boys in the, the Peterhead team that have never seen me laugh and joke me. Because uh, I, I only yeah. got on a bus with six guys, Ryan Conroy, Del Lyle, Gary Fraser, Scott Brown and Davy Nichols because we need to split the bus. And that's when I hear my laugh and a joke. But when I get to training for two hours, mate, they, they boys probably think, who's that guy sitting on that podcast that wants to get a laugh all the time? Because yeah. I'm the complete different when... I'm in a different environment, mate, because that's my job in that environment. Yeah, no, it's interesting because it's such a, it's kind of a two very different things because open goal in itself is based on like the whole idea of just having a laugh and batter and stuff yeah. like that. And I've always been like, how have they always, how do they always manage to pull that out? Because sometimes I come into a podcast and I'm like, man, I'm not really up for this today, whereas you said always just always, there's always some part of it that makes me go, that was hilarious. <laughs> I don't know if it's because we're all mates, but we're genuine mates, eh? Nah, so always, I think yeah. that helps massively because there's four of us there, we kind of, like slagging each other, we can all take a slagging, we can all give a slagging. So I think that plays a major part in it. Like I say, for the bus that when I go up to Peterhead, mate, when there's five of us on that bus, you get it's probably a bit. If you could film that bus, some of the things that get said on that, there guys like Delio, Gary Fraser, Cornoy, Scott Brown, mm. funny guys. Again, and in that environment, mate, I love hearing a laugh. But when it gets to the football environment, and that's what I always try to say on up and go into the boys. There's a time like see in the dressing room where I'm setting up training, or, or when you're on the bus. I want you to have a great atmosphere. I want you to have a laugh and a joke. But like I say, for the two hours that we're here, there needs to be a standard that every single one of us are on it in, in training. I'm intense. I'm demanding when I coach. You know, it's complete different for when I'm on up and go. And as I yeah. say, I wouldn't be surprised if probably the boys. Some of the boys probably like my prick at Peterhead. It wouldn't surprise me. But as I say, it's no popularity contest for mm. me in that job. That job, I'm there to make them better players. They might not see it now, but in the long term, I do think they'll look back and think, try to make us a better player, a better person. And and not just standards in football, but standards in life, that no matter what you do, when you turn up, you do it to the best you can. And and we're slowly getting there with Peterhead. I'm going to make, I think we'll do really well next year. Eh? Kind of went for last year, I think, we're close to maybe being going down. This year, we've been comfortable staying in the league. Next year, we need to make a real big push of getting in the playoffs and try to go up. Because you can't be happy just, as I say, just staying there. Because the boys are, we've genuinely got players that I believe, and the majority of them could go and play higher. But the reason, there must be a reason why they're, they're playing at this level. And for me, it all comes down to standards. So if we can get these standards up with their, and give them that freedom to go and make mistakes along with their natural ability, I think a lot of them could go and play higher. And that's my goal. My goal is to do, obviously do well for Peter Hedwitz, it's to make these guys go higher, go, go, go and be the best that they can be. So... Fingers crossed that next year we can go and have a good season then the crowd get the crowd get moves higher up. That must be like the most satisfying thing about it though because you're talking about your of your experience in career and how you experienced lows and how it changed everything that you were thinking about it. But like that must be being able to actually relay those experiences and be like, this is what you need to do to get here. This is what you need to do to get to the top. But of it's not an enjoyable experience because people hate you. Yeah, yeah People don't like you because I'll give you an example. So four, four guys that play for us aged between what, then 21 and 24, who are all good football players, by the way, all good football players, and again, we say about standards, they turned up uh, 17 minutes late for a game, we were playing Park Thistle, bearing in mind it's coming towards the end of the season, we need to win games to try and get in the playoffs, 
uh, to go up, but also watch that we didn't get dragged into the playoffs to go down. And they turned up 17 minutes late for a game. And after the game, I absolutely slaughtered them. I slaughtered them. And they never spoke to me for two weeks. So that's not enjoyable. That's not enjoyable in the fact that they have obviously I'm a prick. But again, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for them. They yeah. need to understand understand that no matter whether it's a football game or you're turning up for your role, you can't turn up 70 minutes late for anything. Never yeah. mind a football match. So it isn't enjoyable because, again, it would be great if you could go out and be a guy who was the kind of coach that, oh, you're, I want to be their mate all the time, but I don't want to be like that. As I say, that's, that's no coaching for me. Coaching for me is making them understand what they need to do to get better. So enjoyable when you see them go and play on a Saturday and you say, fucking hell, look at how he's popping the ball, but things yeah. they've done in training, that's enjoyable. But in terms of the process, mate, at times it can be, you sit and think, fuck, is, it, is, it, is this worth it? <laughs> Four boys not speaking to you for two weeks because because you've absolutely slaughtered them in front of everyone, but that's is just it, the way you need to be. Those are the kind of things that either are going to make you or break you, though, when it comes to football in times. Like you're talking about the Canio and how... If I was 17 minutes late for Paolo Di Canio, I wouldn't have played. I'm telling you, because I, I said that to the boys, if it was me in charge, I'd have sent you, I'd make you drove right back to Glasgow. 17 minutes is on it. I can accept one or two minutes with traffic and for five minutes here and there. But 17 minutes, I can't accept it. You've, mm. You're underprepared. We've got to beat 3 0. Again, mm. as I say, it's no rocket science. If you're underprepared, the, the results will come out in the end. We've got to beat 3 0. And I've no doubt that day it was, that was a big part of it. So it's, it's just drumming that into them constantly but again they must think shut the fuck up for two minutes but that's what I think they need so that's what I, why I did it but uh, mate with Paolo Di Canio 17 minutes late you're getting gripped up really? you're getting gripped yeah, really? up uh, 100% he must have been really intense to actually just have to deal with that every week but, but why shouldn't he be because he's had these standards yeah well the thing is, is that he's doing that because he's played at the top level so he knows the kind of what it takes to get there like when you look at see all the top players there's no way that there's like top players in the world that are just kind of half arsing it you can't do that it's impossible no well it's, it's why guys like Ozil and that didn't play at the top level mm -hmm. I've no doubt I, I, I always say to my mates who I, I argue with constantly in, in the pub Mate, I've no doubt Mesut Ozil is probably one of the most ta they say no he's no Mesut Ozil will be one of the most talented top five players in the world he's playing for Fenerbahce in the Turkish league that's it mate. why? Is Why is it is it is it is it Arteta's fault? Is it Arsene Wenger's fault? Is it every other manager at Sudden's fault? Nah, he, he doesn't work hard enough. He's not prepared. He should be playing for Barcelona, Real Madrid every week, but he's not. He's playing for Fenerbahce, and there's a reason to that. So, again, what we say we talk about Celtic this year in terms of I think if you, if you I'm, I'm speculating here, but if you were to look at the work rate between the two teams, I, th I think there would be a mass a mass difference. Well, see, to be honest, you can see that as well. Like, see, as a as a fan, you're watching the team and you're going. What has happened to you? I, I almost can't. I almost can't believe it because it's like, how can you go for the only way this? Ha the only way you go for winning four trebles in a row to this season is a drop in standards, a drop in. Yeah, but then you also, you also did a, you also probably done a, you kind of, what's the word I'm looking for here? Again, as I told you, I'm shit with words. Uh, you kind of relate to the pressure that. Yeah. That they were under. When you're going for ten, we said the worst thing you could probably do is worry about making mistakes. When you're going for something so big, I, I do think that could possibly come in it. I'm not wanting to be the guy that mistakes here and, and loses ten in a row. And I think once you get that, everything goes. Your concentration goes, your thinking goes, where should I be? Because you're so worried about making mistakes, because there's something so big on the line. Again, what we're talking about football is um in life is mental. Yeah, it's a mental thing. It is. Believe me, the best players I've seen are the ones that are mentally tough. And I think, as I say, no many of us could understand the kind of mental pressure they must have been under to go and get that ten in a row and how it could affect you. So I think that also plays a big part in in what happened this year as well. 
No, definitely, and it's just from like a Celtic point of view, I'm just it's frustrating to watch. You know, like, oh man, because because the thing is as well is you get, you get to a point where I think as it was going on, I was kind of like, oh, it's just because it's just got a it's kind of it's lucky it's just because of the COVID thing it's all this and that but then you start going they're 20 points clear and we you know what I mean and yeah. you go but I think if you look at Juventus they, they've won nine trophies yeah. in a row and they were going for 10 in a row for the first time and they've completely ex- exploded exactly. as well like, so again they, they're no bad players they've not turned into bad players underneath. they're not under coach exactly so it's alright saying blaming people and stuff like that but I also think that mental pressure of trying to get something so big yeah. it, it plays a massive part no, it definitely is and see as you're talking about Ozil and it just made me think about the big clubs like the Barcelona and Bales and I was just thinking like what did you make of that whole Super League thing? Because <sighs> I was like it. it just seems mental but like they were all But uh, you're not surprised are you? Like, because football is the top, the top level it's all about money isn't it? Uh, it's all about greed yeah. and money and the, the, the rich staying richer and no caring about the which football should never be because it's what made it so great is that it was a working class sport and even again you're, you're thinking about the Super League right? Everyone's talking about the Super League and there's Guys I know in Castlemont that can't get a pitch open, sitting locked up, and they can't get kids on to play football. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. And that, and you go for that to that, and that's what that's that's what we should be looking at. Is why is that happening? Why can we not get kids in Castlemont playing on a, on a football pitch every day? Why is it sitting there? What would you, you want money? Mm-hmm. You want money for kids that can't afford to eat to go and play football? Open the gate and let the boys play. And that that that's what should be getting looked at in Scotland. No, no, say like in Rangers moving to England. Let's look at trying to get kids playing more, more kids scheme kids playing football and gain them that opportunity that 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 maybe richer kids get now to go and pay thirty quid to a guy for a one v one. I see these coaches now doing one on ones charging thirty quid and there's scheme kids sitting in the house that can't go and play football because their mum's not got a fiver open to go to a, a sports centre. That's yeah. that's where Scottish football is going wrong. Where's that getting looked at? We talk about you should be getting more light as well. But yeah. where is where's the there's the platforms for for, for for this sort of stuff. Yeah, publisher football. Yeah, 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 yeah no, it's, it's that's it because you're spot on because that's what's creating the gap. The gap's getting bigger because like you've got the working class are less able to play the sport, and then obviously you've got everybody's getting richer. So the the middle gap is just becoming more like bigger and bigger. Yeah. Even when I was see, even when I was talking about playing when I was playing goals, we used to one of my biggest things that was was really put me was put me in a downer was. We go to these football pitches. There was a football pitch like, like around the corner of my house, and um, the the gate would be shut. But my pals were able to climb the fence. Climb the fence, huh? So I would just be so like there was one day where there was one day where like a wee bit of the gate, a wee bit of the like a wee bit of the fence had broke, and it was like a wee hole, and I squeezed through Straight. the hole and just left my chair just sitting there. Like, Did you? I just left it. <laughs> just there was a guy. A guy walked past and just seen the chair there, and he was like, "What the fuck's going on?" Yeah, man. <laughs> Um, but no, it was just, it was one of those things where like, you get there and you're like, they're all getting in, why can't they just open the gate? And you just felt so, it's, but that, that was years ago. That's that infuriating, like man. That's infuriating. And the fact it's still going on, like you, I drive past the pitch every day and you're like, it's empty. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, you see people having to play on Ash and stuff like that. Do you ever get a reason to why they don't, why they're not open? Does it ever? It just seems like, it seems like there's, the whole thing is just money. It all just comes down to money. And it's like, if you don't think about in the long term future that if you're thinking about money that if these guys have opened the gates for them and they go and make make it as football players then they'll generate more money for Scotland exactly has that never thought about in the long term going there that's it. I mean see even that see even when they made when they made the astral pitches before that it was just about grass field so we'd go in the grass field and just kick the ball about yeah. but as soon as they made an astral pitch everyone wanted to be an astral pitch and yet they shut the gate so we'd all still be going there but we'd have less space to play yeah 
And you're like, why do you not just keep the game? What's, it, what's even the point of making it if I you know, can't play it? I know. It just sits there, like, most of the time. And, and that was... And there was a, the, the, the woman that had the keys would come down and be like, what have you done to this fence? And why, how are you even in here? Like, uh, and it's like, just let us play football, man. Uh, um, because there's too much... I think there's too much of, like, a... People are too degrading towards people. Like, there's this whole... The whole idea of, like... Neds and stuff and people that are going to ruin I don't, things. I don't think Neds exist anymore. I know. I, well, I've never seen. But bring back Neds, man. Exactly. I've never seen Neds. Eh? I walk through Ridley and never see any Neds hanging about. It's you crazy. Know? What's happened to them? Where did they went? We Where did they went? Because <laughs> we used to play. Not doing podcasts, isn't it? Not podcasts. Exhibit A, mate. Classy the San Marino. That's what I mean. Like, I might be completely wrong here, but. I think you said they're not, I don't see kids causing trouble anymore. I see when you're younger, mate. There used to be certain areas you'd be shit scared to walk through in case you got jumped or somebody gave you a bit or chased you. But I think generally kids now want to do, want to do well in life, eh? You know, when you see kids, yeah. I think they're all more interested in making money and looking good, wearing nice than actually going about fighting and stuff like that. So give them the opportunity, the, the, the best opportunity we can. Like we say, open the football pitches, let them go and practice 24 hours a day. Because ultimately, that's the only way you're going to be a football player. Because mm-hmm. the guys see the guy, see the kids in Holland. I went to a tournament in Holland about four years ago. Ajax coach was fascinating. Mate. Sat and spoke to him. He took it under 11s. He's the highest paid in. He's one of the highest paid in the, the youth academy because that's oh. the most important age. Right, well, they train every day, mate. Every day. Eh? Whereas up here, what, what do your kids train? My boys' team trains one night a week. We, we play it, mate. We kid on it, but what? We play it. The kids should be playing football. For the minute they get home from school to the, the minute they go to bed, if that's what they want to do, if they want to play, see if they want to be a golfer, they should play golf. Yeah. I always say to my kids, find something that you love and you're passionate about, and Devin, you can't do that for the rest of your life because that's that's how you're going to be happy in life. Exactly. But see, see if you want, my kid says he wants to be a football player. I said, me, didn't want to be a football player because see if you did, you boot that back garden as soon as you get home from school. Instead, you go and sit on a tablet, you go and play the PlayStation for a bit, and then you'll maybe jump about for five minutes at the back. You didn't want to be a football player. I wanted to be a football player. I was at the back for morning and night. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, you have and to. And so I said, I'm going to tell me you want to be a football player, show me you want to be a football player. Mm-hmm. But I also think my kids got the opportunities to do that because we've got a back garden. But there is kids out there who genuinely have got that love that want to go and play the time. They want to go down to a pitch and then they get shut. So let, let, let these kids go and get in the. If they're not going to have money to go and try and go to university or whatever it is you need money, go and let them, go and let them try and be a football player. For sure, yeah. Give them the best possible chance of doing it. Because it's, well, even even going back to like poetry football, like, see, try, you need to play that in a hole, right? So, we have, so when you look at the actual sessions, it's always like the Scotland sessions are like once every month or maybe every couple of months just because it's like so hard to book a hole and stuff like that. But see, as a player, you always get these players that are wanting to improve, but the holes aren't available. And you, you, I've got a local sports So, how style. are you meant to get better? Huh? Yeah, like, and you're like, you get these guys that are desperate to play and train all the time and the access isn't there because you either need to have like pay a, pay a certain amount of a membership every week basically and it's like you're, you're, you're skinning yourself to try and play mm. because they have it booked where you can only book it for like a for like a five a size thing yeah. so you're relying on everybody chipping in for that but if you're wanting to train yourself you're having to pay like 30 quid to book a hole every day do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it even comes back to so Every sport has an element of why are we not making this more accessible? Accessible, yeah, definitely. Mate, uh-huh. See, even in my whole life, everything's been about. See, the whole disability thing. The reason why it's became, it's been that big thing for me isn't even because of how I seen it. It was because it was kind of shoved in my face by the lack of access and yeah. how everything was 
there was just so many stairs, no wraps and no lifts. Do you know? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, I can do all these things if you could just make it. If you could make it accessible. Make it, yeah. I would, Give I would, it a chance here. Uh, exactly. Like I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even feel like I was in a wheelchair if that if that had all been thing with because yeah. there was times I'd go, I'd, I'd go so like, that adds to your struggle the fact that there's nothing that 100%, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the, the then you do I, start to think I'm different I kind of get a bit the same way other people get that's it. That, mate, yeah. because see for the first like see for the first like when I was in early on in school the, when I was up to about 13 or something I never even really realised I was in a chair and it was only till you kind of start talking to people in high school and that, and you can't, and they're like, "Oh, you're going to come with this gaff, and you go to a gaff, and it's got like twenty stairs to get up yeah. to." And you're like, "Oh man!" So you start getting alienated by yeah. out of the social circle, and it just makes everything difficult. Like, mm. like we, we just that was why my whole high school experience was terrible. Mate. I remember going to a nightclub, and it was like you you get there, and I th- this was one of the stupidest, stupidest things I've ever done in my life, right? <laughs> but the, the, <laughs> there was like two flights of stairs to get down it. And the, 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 the bouncer was like, look, if you can get down, uh, you can go in, but I can't help you, there's nothing I can do about it. And that particular night, there was just like, there was a group of us, and like, there was this lassie I was grafting, and I was like, hey, can you get in here, man? Like, so I was like, I said to the guys, listen, mate, I can, I can crawl down here. I can crawl down these steps if you can oh, take that shit. Like, so, so I crawled down these, like, Two flights of stairs, mate. But other people would be embarrassed to do that, mate. Other people would have turned away, turned right around and went back out. I will. I was shaking myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a wee bit like, this is going to be, people are going to be like, what's going on here? Yeah, but, I was, yeah. but I was also like, see, see in my head, I was like, listen, I'm here and I want to get in. If you're going to let me down, I'll, I'll crawl in the stairs. Yeah, like, yeah. And I ended up sitting, so they put me on this couch in, in the club and my wheelchair was still like, not even, I hadn't even brought it in yet. So it would be funny because people would come in and they would just think you're just a normal guy. Normal guy, yeah. And you're like, and they were like, but you're oh, a normal guy. I know, I know, but like it'd be funny when they're like, can you go get me a drink? And I'd be like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a rude bastard, him, man. Why don't you go and get us a drink? He's like, you're trying to shut me up and you won't get a drink. I'm like, I'm gonna, it's going to take me out of the So did you get? Did you get the bird? Uh, well, it was. Uh, no, you never got a bird. Never got a bird. I didn't get in until I was about 21 and I'm 24, so I tells you what it is, but like. Uh, uh, but I'll tell you what, you're quite a handsome guy I tell you what you should do to I think maybe shave the sides a wee bit shorter and higher <laughs> on the hair wee bit, wee, wee bit out of the side a wee bit nah. you think so I, I've got one of those mate I'm going to be bald in a few years who are we kidding I know but Jude Laws Jude, Jude Laws like that and he's still he's still pulling it off isn't he I'm, I, I think I'm probably better looking than Slaney <laughs> think so Slaney is uh, do you know what Slaney is deceivingly handsome my, my, my missus thinks Slaney's a bit, uh, bit Is of that not awkward, mate? Do you know what he's got? He's got he's got a great um, he's got great posture and he's, he's got a he fills a he's got a good presence about him, Slinny. Eh? Uh, he's got nice big legs, much bigger legs than me. Well, he's, he's got he's a proper I mean, manly guy, Slinny. Eh? Like yeah. he's uh, he's sturdy. Do you know what I mean? Ah, he's definitely got better legs than me for sure. But, <laughs> but like over, overall, the thing is, is that you know I think probably. If he's getting hands of DMs, mate, I mean, if you compare... No, we can't put that on. If you compare... That's something to get to No, but if you compare the two of us, you know I mean? If you think about it, you know, like, I've, I've, I've got to a higher level of football. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I've got to a higher level. <laughs> get a quick pose to the camera. Because there might be young ladies watching. you got a bird? No, no. Might I'm, be young I'm, ladies watching. So give them a full, full front face. Give them I, a full I face. Mean, what is it, no. a full frontal? There you go. <laughs> no, I'm as single as they get me, and I'm happy with that at the moment. So, you on Tinder? Uh, aye, aye. Is it good? Uh, it has been. It has been kind to me. Aye. Oh, but, is that right? But uh, but 
But I mean, to be to be honest, I met my ex through Tinder, and that was like we ended up together for like three years, and that was for how long? Sixty years. Three years, mate. Or three years. <laughs> that was my several posts coming through there. <laughs> three years, um, right? It was three years, but it probably went two and a half years too long. So oh, was, really, right? So it was one of those kind of ones where you know that kind of made me a little bit more cautious. So how long have you been single? Uh, since about um, just before the pandemic, I think November. Right. Before the pandemic started. So Is that a good time or a bad time? To- Single. I think it was a, mate. If I was with her during the pandemic, I don't know what would happen to yeah. me. I would like, would have been doing this for sure. Yeah, anyway. but I, because it was just we're two opposite. I think you can meet the wrong people and they put you down the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if she's listening to this, she, it was great and all that, but yeah. like, just didn't go to plan. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, I think, mate, do you know what is weird for me is like, I, all, most of my life I was just desperate for any bud to like me because I was so insecure about the wheelchair and shit. Whereas now you could be that wee bit more picky because you're self-assured. Uh-huh, good, mate. I think because basically I just needed somebody to pure fancy me and, and when I got that, after I got that, I was like, well, I, I, can, I can do this now. Mm. You know what I, mean? I know what I'm doing. Whereas high school was more like a, like just... Years of just kind of getting put down and sort of looking at yourself in not, not a very good way. So it's good to be there. Yeah. Do that and be I tell you what, you're, you're good at this as well. You've not shut the fuck up since I got here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <nervous. laughs> I'm kidding. No, but I'm saying you, you are good at this. Like I even look back when I done. I used to do that uh-huh thing all the time. Eh? I was terrible at then then interviews. Fucking hopeless, man. But then looked at it and thought, how can I get about that? Do, do you know what's that? I used to do that. Uh-huh. Yeah, all the time. I used to get slaughtered for it. It's like, what the fuck's that noise you keep making? But you know, you're good at it. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks. Cause got I, a good way about you. I mean, the thing is, there's so many podcasts out where you can you can take things from people. Yeah, and, like learn this way. Like, I think, but then I take too much as well. Aye, to be in that, yeah, yeah. that your own person. Uh-huh. I think the biggest thing for me was just making sure that I wasn't interrupting anyone and like making sure that, that you're letting them. I know I've talked a lot. Actually, no, but you've never interrupted us. Now you've done that well. But it's like, aye, it's like letting the conversation flow and not. I think a lot of people struggle to actually listen to people. Mm. Like it's easy to talk all the time, but see when you're saying something, see if I just if you say something to me and then I just go and then I just totally change the subject and don't acknowledge what you said. Do, how do you know that I was listening to and you, and you said? Do you know what I mean? It's like what you thought you said like this year. No, like I'm all, I'm just changing the subject. <laughs> 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 no, but I know what you're saying. But sometimes you're listening to somebody and you just find yourselves on it and you were like. What the fuck did he just say there? What's my next question again? Mm. It's tough, mate. People, again, what we say, people think you're just sitting there and you're getting a laugh in it, but it's, mate, it's hard. It's hard graft, isn't it? When, when Hudson came in, man, I was pure, like, do you know that? He's mate? a great guy, John, isn't he? He's a brilliant guy. Uh-huh. He's a brilliant guy. He's actually said to me that I should start a petition for the Celtic Rangers Poetry Football Team to start. And and then I talked to the foundation about it, and they were like, don't start a petition, we'll look at it. We'll look oh, at really, it. right? They what better. Like, what better guy than having John? Exactly, he was he was he was dead keen on it. But, but what was funny with him was he was like, you you you, you picture people like even yourself. You, you get this idea of people like, that's I'm a prick. <laughs> not so much that you just feel kind of like like you 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 watch them and you see them and you think to yourself, oh, they're probably not going to be the same as me. They're probably going to be too big for me to deal with. And then it was like five minutes into it, I'm like, oh, he's just a normal guy. Do you mm. know what I mean? Just, Mate, that, I've always said this as well. It doesn't matter whether it's the top player in the world. Everyone's got the same fears, thoughts, worries. Everyone yeah. does. Whether you're sitting in a big nine-bedroom house or whether you're sitting in a one-bedroom flat. Everyone's the same, man. We all worry about things and we all care about what people think about us. Yeah. Deep down, we do. But people say, oh, I don't give a fuck. They do. We all, we all go through the same thing, mate. So I don't think you should ever, ever put yourself there compared to somebody else up there. Because at the end of the day, we're all, we're all grafting to try and make a living, man. That's it. At the end of the day, do you know what I mean? We're all yeah. working to get nice things out of life and that's, we're all the same. 
I think this is what, see with him it was it was a good lesson for me because I feel like I was just so like there was times when he was talking he would talk he would make a big long point and I I think I said about five words in that, that podcast but that's was, a good that's a good podcast I, it, it was great see when I'm and if, I don't want to talk I aye, want them to talk aye, exactly. I want them to make my job as easy as possible see if I can only say five words every interview I'd fucking dig yeah, it right now because people are not tuning in to see me they're tuning in to see the guy that I've got sitting sitting exactly. across me so the more he can say the better but my, well, my problem was I was so like I was kind of when he when he was talking I would be like I can't believe John Hartson's here man sitting in front of me and then he would finish talking and I'd be like what am I going to say <laughs> what, what am I going to say next but see what I would do even with that I would just say listen John fuck sorry I've, I've yeah. lost it and I'm I'm, no, I'm too busy thinking about you being on my podcast <laughs> you know I mean I would just be totally truthful if, I, if that happens to you I always think just, just say, just yeah. say. Well, oh, by the way, I've lost my place. Again, people think that's terrible. It's not terrible. It's normal. It's what yeah. people do in, in everyday life. Have you met? Have you? If anyone else was to, a normal person, went pulled the two burkies off the street, say like fans sat in there, bring John Hartson in here, you know, drink, they'd be able to sit and and not be like like we are. We're all <laughs> the same, mate. As I say, no, right. everyone's the same. It's it's true because see, even though I was thinking that, I still I remember the questions I doing, so I had them on my head, and I was able to just sort of just jump to the next question because he was very much in like that kind of he's got that sort of media personality but he just knows what to say and the yeah, way yeah. Kind of things but it was like it was a good thing of realising that like you don't need to feel that you can just kind of just say it and just go on with it uh-huh. like, I feel like but I bet if you were to say oh by the way John I've just fucked up there I forgot what my next question uh, is I'm too busy listening to you there. Yeah, mate that, that probably you probably would have came out of that that media mode do you know what I mean and just uh, probably had a, a mere laugh that's a good so point I actually, always think then I, as I said, then I try and be someone that you think you need to be. Aye. If you fuck up, you just put your hold your hands. By the way, I fucked up here. Yeah. I think people like that, eh? <laughs> I really do. I think again, guests. I've done that loads of times, mate. I fucked up here. Yeah. I need to stop for two minutes because they fuck up as well. I've big names. I'm gonna tell you, but told the story and they're like, ah, oh fuck, that story was all the shit. Actually, take that out and, and we just start again and go again. But do you know what I mean? It's like Aye. there's no set way of doing things that you need to be. This quick, right? Needs to go for that question. That question. just relax and enjoy it. And that's what I always think as well. And gone are the days where I worry about how I act on an interview. Just enjoy it. Enjoy whatever comes naturally. But you do this many questions, mate, which is amazing. I, I need, I need fucking idiot-proof questions this, this size, so that I can see what I'm going to say next. You've done this many, many questions, which is brilliant. Well, I mean, I appreciate that because my, well, my main thing is everybody tells me that I've always been chatty, basically. Yeah. So I just know that as soon as it gets flowing. I can talk like this, you know, yeah, I can yeah, talk yeah. all day. I think that's why I wanted to do it, because I was like, if I can make an impact by just talking the way that I would normally talk anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. then that's great, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I always do need bullet, I, I just get, I just take bullet points, so just think, just to have a wee, yeah. like, just to make sure I'm... Don't get me wrong, mate, before you were in here, I was on my phone scanning in everything. Fact, what's that writing on your hand there? <laughs> I was like, Paul saying that. No, it's, uh, I'll be running rings around him, apparently. No, but uh, um, the, I, I don't, I don't, See the thing is as well is like see with somebody like you, it feels like that's what you kind of thrive in is just sort of having a conversation and and that was like the whole. See when I started doing it, my whole idea was I want, obviously I had a, I have a specific message I want to put across, but which is mainly the main reason why I spoke most, like some part of this. But hmm. I think that the priority is to make it where people enjoy listening to the conversation. Yeah. Oh, you need you need to love talking to do this. Ah, exactly. Like when I played it. I was obsessed with older players and, and who I played with. I'd always make a point of sitting next to them in the dressing room. Always pick their brains, mate, constantly. 
They must have been so fed. We had a guy, David Conley, who played at Portsmouth. Fucking what a player he was. Played at World Cups, uh, Ireland. Played at West Ham, teams like that. And one day, I think he'd only been at Portsmouth for a couple of months. He's like, he's like are you going to shut the fuck up? Like, he actually got to the stage where he's like, mate, stop asking me questions, man. But, like, that's why we did it, because I love finding out about people, eh? but whether it's David Conley or you, you just like chatting to people, didn't you? And that's what I'm saying. I think that's going in the younger generation with the phones and the... And I find myself as well sometimes they're sitting in the house and I'm like, I've been sitting on this fucking Twitter. I'm not saying I worked on my kids for about two hours, man. Like, what the mm-hmm. fuck's happened? Aye. So, guys like you're a dying breed, mate. What age you? 24, mate. Oh, you could be taking over this for the next 10 years, mate. Cause none of the younger generation are going to be able to do what you can do, sit and chat to people, so... Big yeah. things coming, mate. I hope so. I mean, that's that's quite a compliment coming for you. I, I'm 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 doing my best for it, and we're thirty. This is going to be number thirty-eight, so we're still early into it. And I'm just going to keep. I'm, I'll keep playing away, and I'll keep getting better. Oh, I said, keep doing until you keep doing it until you didn't join them. Like thirty-eight took us took us ages to get to get to be. I think I think I'd done it for about a year, mate. When no no money, just well, I said plugging that, along. Do you know what I mean? It just, it'll, it'll only take maybe one interview or one. One thing that happened where you get that wee that wee break. Who knows? It'll be, maybe maybe it'll be me going past lying in the chair. That you could be the hosting. Mate, open goal might bin me after this, and you'll be you'll be hosting. I'll be sitting watching you in the house. <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing that, but uh, <laughs> I could I could definitely come on and chat some shit if you if you, if you want. I mean, the thing about it is for me, it's just it's all about like actually the actual name. All about ability comes from like being the word disabled and how. Yeah. It's actually the word ability is actually in the word disability, and I always felt like disability was something that was used in a really negative, like negative way. Where you, yeah. just, you look at it, and you go, as soon as somebody's called disabled, it means they're sort of like less able. Yeah. I mean, look at your phone when you when you type your password into your phone. True. It comes up saying disabled. you're disabled. So, so in theory, what it actually means is that something's broken. You don't work, but. No humans like that because there's just as much chance as you've been in a chair as me in a chair. It's mad that, isn't it? Because I bet the companies didn't realise like, the effect that has on like, y- yourself. Do you know what I mean? Even that simple thing, phone disabled. I mean, that, it shouldn't have been, that shouldn't even I Because I, I remember seeing it and being like, is that what I am? Am I, bro- yeah. am I, am I broke? Like, am I, am I the same as an iPhone being broke? Because it's like, and that's what the whole, you know, we're not even, nobody's ever really even discussing that. So being able to actually tell you that and have somebody like you aware of with a platform that you've got yeah. is, is the whole point of this is to make it so that the person that's grown up in a wheelchair that's like doing that now and he's in school or she's in school and they don't have to go through the same stuff yeah. that went through that's the whole point of it well listen to how passionate you are mate and how informative you are I'm sure I'm not just saying that I think you will inspire people to, to think like that so well done to you no I appreciate that um, I, I, I think how long have we been? Have we, we went on and forty minutes. Fuck, fuck me! That, that went. That, that <laughs> didn't realise it'd been that long, man. Yeah, I was like, no, shit's undone it. I that was a. Uh, I. Uh, what time was that? No, listen. I, I really, I really appreciate you coming in and doing this, man. It was like, see, it was thirty-eight, but I thought in my head I was like, I could probably get Cypher on for like two hundred or something like that. Uh-huh. So to get you on this early and be able to talk to you like this really, it means a lot to me, man. I appreciate it. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Really enjoyed it. And um, like I says. Selena, the challenge has been set. There you go, so Paul. you know, if you want, to, I'm if, sure you'll be in touch. I'm, I'm looking forward to it because uh, you know I've 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 been I, I've got plenty of skill, mate, and it will be good to to bring him down a peg or two. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't. I can't do it, mate. So if you can, then, well, then you're the man. I see where it gets on. I think you know, and the thing is that how embarrassing would it be, right, if Selena couldn't put a goal past me? 
know what I get in a wheelchair? It's on his knees. Have you seen some of the things he does, mate? I don't think he gets embarrassed to be in and slain well, it, to be honest. That's probably the wrong choice of words, but I mean, yeah. like, his claim to be a, to, to have been like a good footballer would be totally out the window, do you know what I mean? So There you go, then. So, we'll see what he says. We'll see how he gets on, but... I had to finish on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, like I said, it was a pleasure, and I will have you back on any time you want, mate. Honestly, top man. Cheers, mate. Brilliant.